Welcome to the Underground Playground Podcast with Steve and Mike, bringing you the voices and personalities of the physical culture world. Listen up. From the Playground, Underground Playground Podcast, and here we are again. Um, I'm based out of uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the Playground Gym, and my co-host is Mike. Mike, go with it. Hey, what's up, Steve? So you're in Fort Lauderdale? I'm in Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lickerdale, man. Fort Lickerdale, dude. I'm up in Melbourne. So um, we're doing this, uh, you know, we do this by call. I'm looking at Steve's face right now. It's not going to be a very pleasant time. But we have a, a great guest on I today. take my shirt off, dude. <laughs> oh, God, no. Please don't do that. So we have a great guest on. We have Stuart Brower here from What the Fuck Gym Talk. Um, if you're a gym owner or you follow the business of CrossFit and uh, functional fitness uh, gyms, you probably already know who he is. A lot of people have some strong opinions. Uh, I ter- perfectly love the, how, how uh, Stuart presents his material. I like his fucking energy. Uh, and, but some people, oh, he swears. Well, fuck that. Who cares? He's getting his point across. And we're, we have him on today to talk about, um, you know, what's going on in the uh, CrossFit and functional fitness world, what's going on in the business world. Uh, and so we we're glad to have him on. Stuart, hello. What's up, guys? Yeah, saying the, uh, the fucking cock-sucking sky is blue doesn't change the fact that the fucking cock-sucking sky is blue, right? It doesn't detract from the truth of it. Pay so. attention, people. Pay attention. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I always assume nobody knows who I am, so I'll just kind of give a yeah. quick 90-second rundown of this. Um, uh, skinny, 145-pound, redheaded kid in high school, had to live in the weight room, you know, strength and conditioning nerd. Went to school for exercise phys, um, found CrossFit early on, 05, 06, ran with it, did it. I was in Nashville for a little while. This is actually the first time I'd ever heard of Steve is when I was uh, working for an affiliate up there. Loved what loved it, honed my craft, but I knew business was not my strong suit. I mean, I never took a business class in my life. I just knew how to coach, and I knew this thing was going to be big. Went the global gym route for about two and a half years picked up a ton of good ins and outs, what to do, what not to do, how to hire, how to fire. A lot of things that I think have added to my success because I went that route. And then uh, moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, did consulting work for Globo Gyms, opened up my own shop in 2009, 2010. And uh, since then, you know, shithole boot camp, making three figures a month to now I, I own a million dollar gym. I got into real estate development, that kind of deal. Um, and now I developed this handle over the past 26 months. What the fuck gym talk. And it literally was just me swearing into my iPhone, telling people that I think they should raise prices that I think that on-ramp models don't matter. I don't think PT one-on-one matters. I don't think ACH versus credit card matters. It's not what you do. It's how and why you fucking do it is the variable. Cause we're all doing different things. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of become my full-time gig. I, uh, I met, you know, the gym, I oversee it here, but by and large, I have a GM and a full staff that handle everything and uh, consulting and working with gym owners has become the, uh, the full-time gig now. So enjoying that. Yeah. So that's a, I mean, that's a good history. Uh, obviously, you know, when you talk, uh, people listen. So we're, we're talking about, um, you know, gym ownership and some of the things you just mentioned about not uh, worrying about the small details, right? Yeah. Like everybody's on the message boards talking about, you know, like you said, m- the minutia, right? And they think that there's going to be that one thing they do that saves them. I think what we want to talk about today is the big rocks. What are the big things you can do if you're in this, you know, to for a business, right? Yeah. And you're talking about what are the big things that we could do today? What do you think? Uh, what do you think is the number one thing facing? Uh, gym owners right now as far as big rocks go big rocks uh math number one mathematics <laughs> is bit it's hard i'm not a good math guy 
Now you roll a fucking barbell to me with any denomination of plates. I know it exactly how much weight's on that barbell. You ask me what 17 plus 12 is and I have to get out my fucking calculator. I'm just not good at math, but I do respect it and I understand that math is the differentiator. And here's some, here's some quick math. CrossFit gym owners, in my opinion, are guaranteed a year. Guaranteed a year of business. Like I, I've never heard of a gym going out, out of business in under a year. If you, I mean, I'm sure this happened, but you're guaranteed a year. You're, you've got a good 95% chance to go three years. I think you're, you even have an even good, you still have a good chance to go five. The numbers and the data aren't in yet on the 10, 15, and 20 year gyms yet. But I'll tell you this right now, that number is going to instantly drop off. And I think it's going to drop off faster in the next five to seven years than it has in the past 10. And why do you suppose, why do you suppose that's? Be, uh, because we are, when I say we, let me be very specific about this. The market, the gym owner market is getting smarter and it's getting more mature and sophisticated. There is a, if we look at this whole thing as a bell curve, I look at it as the majority, 80%, let's call it 60% are kind of here in the middle. They're figuring it out. They're doing, they're figuring it out better than they did before, but there's a top 20% that has run with certain theses, certain paradigms that are crushing it. And there's that bottom 20%, that tail end that's always going to die off. When we, and we were all just talking about this, you know, before the call, um, we all got into this really early. Remember when, like back then there was, being the best coach you could be was the number one effort because coaching like CrossFit had given birth to the real education and coaching, a two day course, learning better shit than you could ever learn from your CSCS or anything like that. And now I look around and coaching is everywhere. Like good coaching, you fucking run into it. You can't, I mean, every website, every seminar, there's probably 10 powerlifting seminars in the mid Atlantic this weekend. There's probably five gymnastics ones. There's 15, like I'm doing a level one, a level two course in my gym in the next two weeks. Like they're everywhere. Education right. is everywhere now with the internet. What is not, which is getting better, but it's not there as much, is the growth of the business knowledge. And gym owners are now realizing that I'd rather, I need to emphasize my efforts to be a CEO, not a coach. I need to realize that passion only gets me so far without profit, and burnout is real generally when profit isn't there. So right. I think we see people pushing towards that. So going back to the math thing, um, you know, I do a simple come to Jesus calculator with people. When I, when I get on a call with someone and I, one of the questions I ask them is how much money do you want to make? And it's a pretty simple question. It's one that a lot of, honestly, you wouldn't believe there's a pause. It's about 30 seconds. Most gym owners don't even have that figured out. Like they didn't like, it's really not, you know, so I'm like, I push for it. I'm like, how much? And if they don't have one, I'm like, would you like a hundred grand? Like six figures is an easily obtainable number in this industry if you do it right. So I'll just push for a hundred grand. And then I do some simple math. Um, and I go say, okay, cool. If you wanted to do a hundred grand, you would probably need at a 30% profit margin to generate around $360,000 total business revenue. And then your profit out of that would be a hundred grand at 30%. 30% would be good for the fitness industry. Um, now based on 30 grand, uh, or a hundred grand, you need to do around 30 grand a month. Okay. Um, and if you're doing 30 grand or 360, you need to do 30 grand a month. And if you want to do 30 grand a month, I divide it by their ACV. And generally that's when the gym owner gets like green and yellow and they're like, fuck me. My ACV is a hundred. I need 300 for, you know, whatever. They're like, I, they're, right. the, the numbers are not obtainable. So then the math portion is pretty easy. We look at that and I go, okay, well, cool. We got a couple options. You get 725 members or you increase your prices by 45% and you keep 180 members and you install PT and you do that. And, and we, we go that route. So math is honestly the biggest thing. A lot of gym owners just are running through their day to day and math is not a big player in their day to day. They're programming. 
when they're going to fit their absolute strength and their gymnastic skill and their Metcon version one, two, and three is a bigger thing for some of these gyms on that bottom 20% um, than not. And I, for, I think for the gyms that are doing really well, we understand that math, and again, I'm not an analytical guy, but I'll tell you this right now, math drives a lot of the decisions I make. I respect it and I utilize it as a barometer as to which direction I need to steer the ship. Um, and I, I, again, I just fucking respect the math of it. And I realize that in order to be around one of those 20 year gyms and be a part of that class, math, math is going to win. It's always, it's yeah. one plus one is always going to equal two. Yeah. I mean the, uh, the other, that's the, that's everybody's the, doing it. Yeah. That's the first time I heard that, you know, those numbers, Stuart, and you're right on, dude. You're right on. Those, yeah. those numbers are pretty, pretty accurate. Now I had a quick question before we take off too far. Now you yeah. said that. It's easy for a gym to last for a year, or most of the gyms will. All of the gyms are pretty much lasting yeah. a year. Now, are you thinking that they're lasting a year just to kind of break even, or they actually have to feed it, or they're actually making profit? Most gym owners, I also uh, correlate it to like a lease. Like I always like when I'll talk to someone, like how long is your lease? And generally get a three to five year. I'm like, by the end of your first lease, if you're not paying yourself pretty much close to what you want, you're not like 90% there, 80% there. I don't know what to, I like, there's been a lot of bumps in the road. You've been fucking this thing up. Um, and a year, here's the wheel. Cause we start small. The great thing about the micro gym model is this. I, Stuart Brower could open up a boot camp in the park with $600 of Craigslist equipment. I could have up to 20 to 40 clients and I could grow my business acumen with the business because growth was slow. It wasn't super fast. You didn't open the door with 200 people. It just steadily, steadily grown. I grew to around a hundred members in about, let's call it like 14 to 15, 16 months, maybe. Um, and allowed me to grow experience with membership at the same time. Now, most gym owners, when you're the only one doing the classes, payroll zero, you literally have a lot of fixed expenses, not a lot of variable ones, right? Um, you're not doing a ton of marketing because there's not enough hours in the day. And because at that stage, referrals king. Referrals king in your first 100 members. Most right. people, again, short of uh, advanced you know, marketing efforts now at Facebook, at least when I opened up in 2010, fucking referral was king. Um, but yeah, that's what allows gym owners to grow this thing and scale it in the beginning. So I think everyone gets to a year. It's, everything seems like they're going good. And then if you hit the triple digit mark, I think that's when you know, you okay, cool. I got to bring payroll in. I got to start bringing people in. And now how do I grow? For every 10 I get in, I'm losing six. And how the fuck is that going to make this thing work? And then we start you know, running into issues. And then it, it, for the gyms that hit 300 members with an ACV of less than $200, that's when I'm just, where's the end in sight? How many people, like, what, then what, what are you going to yeah. do? Are you going to grow to 450? You have 500? Are you in a density-based model like New York City and Chicago and fucking LA? Like, where, where is the end game for you? And, and why do you want more customers versus same customers spending more money? Um, and, and again, that, again just, that's my big thing. So my big rock, number one. Math. I think, uh, yeah, and math, um, math has a different uh, connotation if you're a hobby gym owner you sure. know I, here I am I'm some guy I'm a professional I've got my own business I'm making good money uh, my wife works you know the whole thing and I fell in love with this whole functional fitness thing and uh, I'm gonna open my own gym and I don't care if it makes money there there are a lot I would probably say the majority of the gyms either start out that way. maybe they're not like that now but they definitely start out that way um, or you have on the other end some guy sees he's in your class and he sees wow look at all this money this gym is making i'm going to go get a loan from daddy or from an equipment company or whoever 
I'm going to open up bigger and better and I'm going to blow this guy out of the water and somehow I'm going to be a millionaire in five years. Yeah. So here, that's the thing where math takes a turn, right? So like another piece of math that I look at people that experience gyms, give me your average membership rate is advertised on your website and then give me your ACB. If right. they match, they're dead even, I give you a D minus. Like at yeah, least you're not below. Most gyms, their average membership rate are higher than what their ACV is. Right, so, exactly. You know, I want to see the opposite. I want to see your ACV much higher than your average membership rate. Now let's go back to where math fucking takes a wrong turn. When, when clients who drink the Kool-Aid do the easy math, they look around the gym that they're at and like, man, this dude's got 180 members. Holy shit, he charges 150. Oh my God, he's got to be crushing it. I can crush it. In my programming, it would be better. I don't like the way the bathrooms look and this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. And they do the easy math, right? So yeah. um, they don't factor in all the other expenses that real business owners understand that go into this whole deal. So there's the math side of it. Right. And then, you know, one big thing, and I've gone out to Seattle to talk about this. I did the three, two, one go. I'm huge on client experience. I'm fucking huge on it. I think in going into, and I want to dig into, I know Steve started up a, uh, an award winning, um, post on one of the CrossFit affiliate owners pages oh, that, that I'm, I'm no longer, um, I'm no longer a member of, unfortunately. I would love to on it, man. Dude, we had a, we had a saying in the Marines that, you know, it's an old thing. It's like, you're not really a salty, like experienced Marine until you've been to the brig, you yeah. know, <laughs> right? And so you're not really a, you're not really a, a good experienced CrossFit gym owner until you've been kicked off the oh, man. Own, owners groups. Right? Yeah. So it's one of those things where, you know, uh, I, I didn't get, but I, I got clients, people that are still like um, consulting clients that just send me like screenshots of that stuff whenever they think I'll get a laugh out of it. And that was one of them. You know, Steve brought up the, the spin studio thing and, you know, Steve, I don't, I don't know how Steve just figured out that they're charging way more than all of us. Like, I, I, you know, you know, it's ridiculous. I, I mean, I literally found out because I had a potential client. They did a six week challenge with me. They loved it. They didn't join at the conclusion of it. They didn't join. And then they reached out to the coach that was running it and said, Hey, I want to join. What do I do? So she put me in touch with this girl and then through the conversation, she was asking about prices. And then she says, is there anything you can do with the price? Because I won't give up my flywheel uh, membership. And I didn't even know what the hell a flywheel membership was. And, yeah, then I, yeah. and, then I, and then I looked it up and I'm like, I even said to her, I go, wait a minute, you're, you're paying $220 a month for that. And you're complaining about paying $165 a month for mine? Yeah. And, um, I said, thanks for, <laughs> I pretty much thought, I said, thanks for the education. I think I'm going to raise my prices, you know? Yeah. It's uh, crazy. And the reason I, I saw that I got real excited and we were talking about, you know, doing this podcast. Um, so I am, my wife is, she went to school up in Boston. She spent time out in LA and she is a soul cycle fiend. She loved it. And I didn't know what the fuck a soul cycle was. And I did a little research and we went up to, we went up to, we took a, a trip up to New York and we go up to Boston every year. That's where we eloped and got married. And, and she's like, you got to check out SoulCycle. I'm like, all right. I mean, I'm always down to see like, these guys are killing it. They literally, their IPO hasn't gone out yet, but this company is fucking valued at over a hundred million dollars. Holy shit. I mean, it's a spin that, studio. Now, right. why? What is so special about it? Nothing. Cause again, and I literally, this is the shit that I will have on my tombstone when I die. It's not what you do. It's how and fucking why you do it. Do you know how many spin studios there were before SoulCycle? Uh, 1100, a metric fuck ton. Do you know how many did it as good as SoulCycle? Zero. 
Remember, I had Taxi Magic. Taxi Magic was an app that when I was shit-faced at the bar and I wanted to get taken to Domino's, I would punch in Taxi Magic and have fucking shit orange, yellow taxi would come pick me up. It was a horrible app. They would always get lost. I couldn't communicate with them. Guess who showed up? Uber. And guess what? They're fucking out of business, right? Fucking yeah. Redbox put Blockbuster out of business and Netflix fucking ate the three of them up. Like, it's just, that's what happens. Is that what you do? It's how fucking why you do it. So, um... Going back to the spin studio thing, why are these spin studios deriving such high numbers? So I start, you know, researching it. My wife got, uh, you know, Stacy Griffith. If you know who she is, she's one of the most famous master instructors for Soul Cycle they ever had. She wrote yep. a book called Two Turns from Zero, and turns is referring to the knob on a spin bike for most of the CrossFitters who have no idea what I'm talking about. And so we do some research, and we go there, and I literally, and again, I, this is me. If anyone watches my stuff, they kind of get an idea of my 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 persona. I leave this soul cycle class literally so fucking pumped and jazzed up. Like, and it wasn't because I enjoyed the spinning. I think my methodology of fitness is much better, but I literally left there feeling awesome. Like the music was upbeat. The music and the workout corresponded together. The instructors are fucking phenomenal. There wasn't 20 minutes of technique work on how to hold the front rack position. He just got into it. I got this great workout. I left drenched in sweat. Everyone was fucking high-fiving. That smelled good. It looked good. There were, you know, chargers for my phone and the, the retail was fucking amazing. It's like when you go to Lululemon and you just like, you're like, why am I spending $90 on this fucking shirt? You're like, God damn, it's the best shirt I fucking own. Like, it's like, yeah. anyway, what they did and with their branding was just better than everybody else's. So we saw that and I, I looked at that. I looked at my market in Charlotte and I spent a lot of time. We would go to the local spin studios here and I realized I want to bring this to Charlotte. Well, unfortunately, SoulCycle is not interested in coming to Charlotte. So we made our own. And over the course of two yeah. years, my, I, when I say we, give all the credit to my wife. She created Ride or Die Spin. Um, we launched that. It's in my new building that, you know, part of the build out and when buying this property was to yeah, put our first location in there. And Ride or Die Spin Studio will, will open up uh, halfway through November. And I'm really excited to punch the fucking Charlotte spin market in the fucking face with what we're bringing. Um, and to prove to Jim, and what I'm going to do is in a year, two years, I want to come back on here and tell everyone how 25 to 30% of my CrossFit gym membership also has a spin studio membership. Right. And it was like, no, CrossFitters wouldn't do that. Fuck you. You don't have a clue. You Kool-Aid drinking blind motherfucker. You don't have a clue what your members actually will, will do because you stay within your four walls. So right. going back to, we talked about math and then the second thing, client experience. I think gym owners are so blind to the client experience because they don't experience anything outside their four goddamn walls. They don't. They live in it. Maybe they go to another CrossFit gym for a monthly throwdown or for fucking a competition. They never, like you, very few gym owners, and this is one of the things I've made a lot of content on, go to your local Orange Theory, buy a month membership. Don't go just go once. Go consistently and see what's different, not about the fitness training, that we know ours is better, but about the client experience, the smell, the look. When you walk in, if you were blind, if I ripped your fucking eyeballs out and you walked inside of a soul cycle, what would you instantly download? It right. has a certain scent. It feels good. Like there's a nice soft voice at the front desk that greets me. It's tranquil. It's just, I feel good walking into it. You know what happens when you walk into a CrossFit gym? And I know we can all relate to this. <sighs> Fucking barbell, like death metal or gangster rap or something crazy. People shirtless kind of stumbling around. It just, it's chaotic. Now, I love it. Yeah. I was born in it, right? Like bread in the fire of fucking in 2005. Like it's literally, I used to go to Rogue Fitness back in the day. I went to school right outside of Columbus. And this is before Rogue Fitness was Rogue Fitness. I have a t-shirt. I don't, it dissolved over the years. My favorite fucking t-shirt from Rogue Fitness in the back, it said, well, that was stupid. 
we would literally go there on Saturdays and come up with the dumbest fucking workouts, like things that you yeah. would look at now and be like, that's totally unsafe. Why would you do 350 thrusters? Like that makes no sense. And, but I mean, back then that that's what client experience was to me, but it's 2017 going on 18. And I realized that shit's changed. And if you're not willing to pivot, then fuck it. Just give me your zip code so I can put, you know, a notification in my Craigslist app and I can buy your fucking equipment when you go out of business. Well, yeah, I mean, that was the, you know, the whole, that was the whole selling point of CrossFit when it was new and it appealed to that, you know, that edgy, you know, people that were looking for something else and it wasn't really a business back then. And so that was cool to have the dirty garage gym with the chalk on the floor, slamming barbells and stuff. And, and, you know, uh, as it evolves and as it matures, um, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is you're not going to have a sustainable business with that small percentage of market. No, and it's, here's the thing is there's always going to be a, here's the deal. I love dive bars. Take me to a dive bar. Give me a dollar PBR. I'm fucking content. I'm cool. Like biker bars are still around, but you cannot have a biker bar or the dive bar and have the financial ambitions of the microbrewery or the craft cocktail place. That just, you can't, you just can't not anymore. Not anymore. And I'm a big fan. Like I love when a spin studio opens up next to me and orange theory is literally you, John Elway could hit it with a vortex from my, the front door of my building. There's an orange theory there. There's an iron tribe right within a mile of me. I like those other micro gym models cause they raise the tides. They raise the fucking value of micro gym fitness. Um, and I'm still, I'm the more expensive. I'm the, I think I'm the most expensive CrossFit gym in my immediate area. And I'm still underpriced compared to those guys. Well, that's an, that's an interesting point because, you know, the minute, you know, that we talked about this earlier before we came on uh, that in 2005, six, seven, the message boards for CrossFit owners, for affiliate owners were, uh, you know, $120 a month, right? We're in 2017 and I guarantee you that's, everybody says they charge 200, 250, 150, but what do you see? You're looking at average client value for the people that you work with. Where are we? What are we, what are gyms really charging? So I one thing with consulting, I, I capture data. I'm kind of like right now. I'm waiting to see when MindBody or Zen Planner or whatever someone's going to buy up all their data. If I'm CrossFit, I would have done it. Like I buy yeah. up all the data because CrossFit doesn't have any of it, or make a deal right. to get the data. The data is where the money's at. Um, but for me, I see the average client value at below their average membership rate. And if we were to put an average to it from Boston to LA to LA. I'd say it's between 115 and 145 to 50 dollars, um, and what I deal with. Now, again, the reason I know about it is because obviously shit's going wrong. Like the gym that's got a 225 dollar ACV isn't hiring. Yeah, they're not calling you. No, no, they're not calling me. Um, right. But so that that's obviously a skewed uh, kind of you know uh, sample pool of of clients. Yeah, it's, but but bottom line is. That's where it's at. And here's the thing is I've this year alone, I've done probably over 30 price races with gyms, right? Like that's the thing I coach people through because it's a scary thing. I'm not going to, and I did it. I just did my, I did one when we moved to the new space. It was scary, like nervous, you know, whole deal, butterflies, anxiety, whatever. Well, you know, walk that through. I want, could you walk yeah. us through that? Event? A price raise? Yeah, I, this is how I do a price raise um, in this summary. I do a Delta sheet first. A Delta sheet just stands for difference. And I have the gym owner audit every single human being that utilizes their service. I don't care if it's a a trade out with your grandmother or your wife or the coach's wives or whoever, everyone is on this sheet. Then what are they paying? What is the membership option they have? Are they credit card or ACH? And then 
here's the list of all that. What does that generate us? And that generates your monthly EFT, your electronic funds transfer, what you're churning in subscription-based model. Now we do a price wave. Column one is proposed price raise. So let's say the, you know, we're going to raise 30 bucks a membership. So when we just plug in the numbers here, that's the Delta. And you look at the bottom of that Delta, add $30 to those memberships. And you'll see gym owners, like literally, uh, you know, and, Shout out to some of these guys. I mean, I literally, I gym owner, go ahead and do the price raise, five thousand extra dollars. Like Old yeah. Glory Gym in Virginia, Jason is going to literally add up five thousand dollars per month because of a fucking price raise. Well, the problem though, crazy. Yeah, but that's. I mean, you know, when you talk to a gym owner, they're going to tell you, "Well, I'm going to lose X amount of members, so, so there's not going to be." So let's data see that. On cancellations. Here's my debt on cancellations in over thirty days a variation around three to 7% cancellation rate. I've had double digit cancellations on a few occasions with around 20% higher gross revenue the next month. Right, so even though they raised prices and lost members, that's Less their fear. People, more money. They raised, they raised revenue. Correct. It's yeah. huge. I, I've said this for a million years. I'd rather have 100 members you know, paying $200 a month than 200 members paying $100 a sure. month. 100%. Even though the money's the same, Right now, now that's the math part of it. Again, now let's go back to client experience. How do you orchestrate this? How do you run that out to your members? And I mean, there's a ton of like free template, like Cooper's got one. Um, I've got a version. There's a way to correlate this to them in an email. Now, I believe there's steps that lead up to it. I believe there's timing. I'm really big on making sure we have a very recent survey. You've got the data back qualitative and quantitative on what your members want to see done with the business and you've made, you've made moves on that. They can see progress. I also believe there's a good time of the year or not. I've literally, and I, this week is fucking, I went on vacation last week and I had to work when I was there because I have to roll all these price raises out because once you hit Halloween, that's when I cut it off. I will not advise a gym owner to do a price, or at least in the States, um, pat, during the end of the Q4. It's just the right, holidays. Yeah, the yeah, holidays. Yeah, it's just a bad yeah. time of the year. Bad time of the year. It is. So, um, good time of the year, week two of the open or week three, great time of the year for a lot of gyms. So the you're talking good, April. Yeah. The good feel like February 26 is the, you know, the first workout announcement typically. And then we look at probably that second to third weekend. People are excited. Gym owners put, so if gym owners put fucking a 10th of the effort into their marketing, into their fucking, their payroll and their staff development, as they do the fucking open or their Friday night lights or their intramural open or whatever you want to call it, it'd be a game changer. So I think, so the open is another time where I'll open that back up to, to people I work with. Like, okay, now we'll do the price raise during the open. Cause it's giving you some time, you know, to go ahead and, and, and roll that out. And why? Cause it also leads into tax season. It just, it just works out well. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a, I mean, that's a no brainer, right? Is when you talk about client experience and surveys and when do we raise prices and when do we don't raise prices, you know, I, I put the surveys out and I had, uh, you know, people, members tell me, Hey, it's all about experience. Mike, I had an advisory kind of group and then, you know, raising prices and stuff. But like you said, your shit better be tight before you do that. You can't raise yeah. prices. If you, if you have a dirty gym, you know, it, that kind of, if, it if smells. the survey over the past two years was that they wanted more of this or the bathrooms to be cleaner, they'd like more classes and you haven't delivered on them, then no, you don't do the price raise. Right. Right. So there are prerequisites to doing this well. Um, the, lab, the email you send out does have to be written a certain way. I mean, you know, I literally, I just want to choke someone when I read their first story. I give them my version, copy it, do whatever, and they send it back to me. And I look at it and it says, well, 
because we're getting hit with more taxes, because our payroll went up, like, whoa, 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 motherfucker. No, 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 no. You do the not. clients don't care. The cl- it's not their fucking problem. It's yours. No. Here's right. why. Here's what you tell them wh- why you're doing it. You're doing it because of here's a list of all the great things we've done to the building and business and service and payroll or, or like it's staff and classes. Boom. And then here's what we're going to be doing but then it's equality. It's fucking equality. Chris Cooper put out a template and I love it. I stole part of this out of his because I think he nailed it on the fucking head. It's about Sally standing in class next to Jenny. And if the gym owner really, I get gym owners like, I don't want to raise prices on certain members. They were founding OGs, whatever. I'm like, then cool. If you're so, fun, you, you believe in that, right? You, you literally will stand by that? Yes. Cool. I want you to wait till you do the open or sometime when every fucking client is in the building and get on top of a box, 30 inch box, stand there. Guys, I just want to let you know, these 22 people over here, they pay $67 less than all of you. Yeah. Why? Well, they helped me paint the walls when we first moved in and they helped move it in and they've been around forever. So I gave them a better rate. And then in the back, Sally raised her hand like, I've been with you for three and a half years and I've brought you my entire family. We've spent $9,000 this year alone. And you're like, well, Ian, you weren't there in the beginning, though. They were your first clients. They're not your only clients. So I, when I get gym owners like, ah, I don't want to raise the price out, I'm like, listen, that's fine. Here, I, I, this is limited time. You pay for this time, so I'm going to give it to you. But I'll tell you this right now. The math, going back to math, doesn't fucking lie. If you want to continue to service those clients, you got to keep the doors open. So, right. you know, and then you, you know, you, you price out and the equality thing is really big. You just want, you just want fairness across your members. You want no one paying different rates for the same service. That's it. So that's where I put it on. I put it on equality and I put it on math and that's it. Well, that, but again, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate. You're, we have a, a, a large percentage that are um, hobby gym owners and they really don't give a fuck about as long as the rent gets paid yeah, and they have a place cool. to, and they have a place to work out. Yeah, and so, but how does, but how does, I mean, like, yeah, that's obviously something that people should be allowed to do. They can yeah. do, but then, but when you brand yourself as the same as that other gym, and then you've got one right around the corner from you, that's, you know, you bucks yourself, a month. having CrossFit in your brand name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now, so now why would somebody pay if it, let's say I was Correct. branded CrossFit and then Joe blow down the corner, who's a hobby gym and he's got, you know, 2000 square feet. He just lets people come in and throw, throw weights around. Why, you know, how do we differentiate? How do you get the client to differentiate? How do you brand yourself? How do you, how do you yeah. overcome the hobby gym? If you're a, if you're trying to run a business yeah. uh, like a business. And, and again, here's the answer. The, what, the less knowledgeable person is going to answer on this or the less experience is going to be your programming, your coaching will be better. Your service will be better. Right. Wrong. It's all the same when they, when you first walk in the door, prospect doesn't know the difference between good and bad coaching. That's, that's a given. Um, well, number one is I, I don't brand myself as CrossFit. I am a paying CrossFit affiliate and it's the easiest $3,000 in marketing I'll spend in a year. Um, CrossFit is something I offer is not who I am. I am urban movement. You will not find another urban movement. You can't go to another urban movement. There is no other urban movements right? You can't go to Rod and I spin anywhere else. You can't go to South End Grind Coffee Shop. Like these are all, the, I, am a, I am a very unique uh, offering and I, I did that so I can pivot. You know, right. my end goal is franchising, right? My end goal is to, is to create other models for people. My end goal is to create an opportunity in the market to stand alone in a room full of fucking CrossFits. You walk into a room and everyone's got knee-high socks and Metcons on and you walk in in fucking jorts and fucking Chuck Taylors, you're fucking you're unique. Weirdo. What I call pure yeah. peacock. Right? <laughs> yeah. 
but I mean, you know, that's, that's the thing is a lot of people have invested, you know, when we talk about what, you know, why do people open jams, you know, the Kool-Aid um, they're just invested in that name. And so, uh, you know, that name means something, right? That CrossFit name means something. It and, and it's still, yeah, they'll argue my, that it's, that's how you bring members in. And, you know, then you have the other argument that's, Hey, that's how you turn members away. So I get a lot of this. I get people that I, you know, throw some shade my way because of my rebranding, because of some of my efforts on this whole CrossFit, something I do, it's not who I am. And I, and I, they don't understand it, but if I were to meet, I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to meet Greg Glassman. He's one of my like couple people I really want to meet in real life. I, I might cry. Like this dude literally empowered me at 22 years old to do what I have now. Like to have done, like, I don't know if I'd be standing here and doing this had I not been empowered by this one gentleman. And right. people I forget would, that, man. People dude, forget. And like Greg Glassman to be like, you got the Gary Vaynerchuks and the Simon Sinek's and the fucking, you know, all these guys out there, these business gurus, the Tony Robbins. I still listen to Glassman's old shit on the radio. We were talking about this earlier. Like that guy to me and what he enabled me to do, empower, what he empowered me to do is, uh, you know, I could never, I don't know how to thank anyone for, for how he's changed my life completely as far as that goes. However, he empowered me to start a business based on a training methodology. Greg Glassman did not empower me to create a business based on a business methodology. That was one thing he stayed away from. You guys remember Affiliate Fest? Phil Fest, yes. it was an affiliate gathering. Yep. It happened for like three years, I think, maybe four. Yep. And then, they and there were down here in Miami one time. And, and they did some business kind of pieces. And then I remember, you know, it was one year he's like, listen, I don't want to talk about the business stuff. You guys are going to figure it out. The affiliates are going to figure it out. So when well, people look you at know, me, I, go ahead. I've got, I've got some inside scoop on that. He, yeah. There was actually a time um, where the original like 10, uh, or 15 CrossFit gyms. We're talking about 2004, 2005. We're talking about CrossFit LA, Oakland, uh, yeah. Vancouver, you know, um, Seattle. Yes, they got yeah, yeah. Boston. They got together um, with Greg Glassman and they were trying to figure out a business model. And that's when you got the, the biz with uh, yeah, John you know, Birch Cross, and CrossFit guys. LA, John Birch and Andy Petranik there. Um, and then when they completed, uh, compiled all the stuff Greg Glassman was actually because that was the weak link right how do we tell people how to run a gym uh we, we and then so he decided really that we can't and we won't and so but there was an attempt there was an attempt to get CrossFit affiliates to run some kind of business model and I and again if I'm glad I think Glassman did smart like he back away like it's like guys yeah. I, I honestly don't I know the training I, I'm not sure how this might play out but I know you guys will figure out more than I will in his line that I use all the time I'm not in the grading my own papers and he wasn't. He wasn't in the greatest own papers. He was going to let the model figure itself out. He's very obviously, you know, a rabid liberal, you know, free market guy. Um, libertarian. I wouldn't call him liberal. liberal I would call yeah, him libertarian. libertarian. Right. Yeah, libertarian. Yeah. Um, but now, like Coop is uh, Chris Cooper, who I, again, I, I think he's a great three to one go. Yeah, I got project. a chance. Oh, no, he's not three to one. He's two brain business. Where's two brain? He was okay. With so who's two one go? Okay. All right. See, we're, I'm behind. I got a chance to meet him briefly at uh, the Box Pro Summit I went to in Atlanta, and I think he's a really smart dude. And I think what he's done is a, is phenomenal. And um, I know he's been working. Like he, the HQ put out some content with him. Like I, I, I guarantee you, at some point. CrossFit will again start pushing not not like a business coach I think but they're going to start pushing some tried and true principles that are you know uh, observable measurable repeatable things that have actually proven the work and I think where you'll start seeing people what they'll start doing is again realizing that it's not CrossFit the name that's going to make you successful it's what you do with it there's a lot of hamburger joints there's a lot of barbecue joints and pizza places 
There's nothing special about any of these people. It's how you present it, how you make it, how you market it, how you display it, how you service it, and then your why. You know, and Glassman's why the biggest thing was do all the right things for all the right people for all the right reasons. And then I've heard that, that to my head, that's translated do right by the business, do right by the client, do right by the coach. And yeah, you're I'm, saying I just, we, yeah, we had, we just had, uh, you know, Patty um, from Mad Lab Group on, yeah. and he's saying the same thing, you know, what, what is, you, you have to do things that are right for the client, right for the business, right for the coaches. And you know, that whole thing and it wrapped and he mentored under, you know, Glassman. And so yeah. that whole thing where don't chase the money, chase the excellence. What is excellence? And I think like, you know, you were alluding to is right now, everybody thinks excellence is how well do I coach? What kind of equipment do I have in the gym? You know, what are my hours? You know, how do I charge people when there are a lot more nuanced ways to be excellent when yeah. you talk about client experience and ultimately that's what we're talking about. And I think CrossFitters were all again, cause the coaching has gotten so much better in the past. <laughs> right. Coaching has gotten phenomenally better. The business acumen hasn't. And I think everyone's afraid to differentiate the reason people think we're a franchise, a, the United front of branding. And we are what I consider a, uh, a non a decentralized franchise. We're a decentralized franchise. Now, if, if there's a book, and I've only got pizza, read bits and pieces of it because I, I fucking don't have time to read a lot, but I skimmed it. It's called The Starfish and the Spider. It talks about like decentralized businesses. I was in a meeting with one of the guys from Nielsen Sports Marketing. He dropped like this knowledge bomb on me, you know, with this reference book, and I went and looked it up. The most successful decentralized businesses in the world are Al Qaeda and Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. Now those, the most successful opposites, but again, like, I mean, they're not franchises. They're decentralized organizations. Now you look at CrossFit as it is a decentralized organization. Very, very successful, obviously. But here's the problem because the name and because we're all just following, like literally we all can look at those first couple affiliates, one through a hundred paved the way from a hundred to 10,000. And those paved the way to the 15,000 mark that we're at now. And everyone's just kind of following the leader. What was going on? You know, no one's differentiating a ton. And then you have some guys do it. You do have prominent names like Kalipa go and drop the CrossFit branding and go NorCal or NC Fit. Now, geographically, he's all over the world. It makes sense to not call it NorCal. But at the same time, he's NC Fit. So it doesn't really, you know, again, like, um, but he, so you see people going throughout urban movement. You've seen, you know, other gyms do very similar things like stacks. It was a gym down here locally, uh, an affiliate. Um, people are going and I will get into branding and not that coming up with a name and a cool name is the big deal. Like what was Googled anybody before it became the best search engine in the world. Right. Before, remember, we remember ask Jeeves. Again, yes. Someone did it earlier. I asked Jeeves tons of shit. I just didn't get all the right fucking answers. Google, <laughs> Google took care of it. And so that is where I look at it is again, CrossFit gyms are going to start looking at the landscape and saying, I need to differentiate or die. My Jim Krell over at OPEX, the CEO over there, that's like his line, differentiate or die. And I love that because that is where the excellence is. We're all doing excellent coaching, but are you doing excellence in, in, portraying and storytelling what it is you do who it is you are why it is you exist to the market where's the where's the biggest bang for the buck from your point of view like if, if uh, someone's listening right now and they go right i do need to fucking differentiate i'm not different i'm just like next door i need to do one thing right now hey, mike mike what would it be Stu, are yeah, you hearing are you yeah. hearing that it sounded like he was gargling balls yeah can you hear me now no you sound, yeah you sound like you got a fucking uh, Un unplug, unplug. 
He's gargling with fucking. He's gargling with semen again. God yeah. damn it! I keep telling you to stop doing that. I don't, can you hear me now? I can't yeah. hear you now. Thank you. Oh, okay. Yes. So just go ahead and repeat that if you would, Mike. Well, so the point is, what's the what's the number one thing that you that somebody listening when they go, holy shit, I get it, I got to differentiate. What's the number one thing they should do? Uh, going back to my previous thing. Go and take a look at what non-Kool-Aid drinking cross models are doing. Not to copy it necessarily, even though I'm a huge fan, good artists borrow and great artists steal, but just see what else is working. Going back to this, you know, the, we were talking about the spin thing. I'm not telling people to go get a spin studio inside their place. You know what I saw? So going back to that story, I go to Soul Cycle up in New York and Boston. I didn't see like spin as though spin would be a great idea. Now my wife wanted to champion that and that's why we have it. I, this is what I saw. Uniformity and anonymity. When you go into a spin studio, and I know this because I've been inside fucking spin studios, so do your due diligence before you just go running with shit. I walked in, and literally those bikes, they're literally nine inches off of each other. When you're in a spin class, you cannot reach out to the side. You would touch the other person. You would hit them. It's anonymity and uniformity. It's dark. Everyone looks like, you know, you don't really, even though you're packed in, you're not paying attention. You've got, like, blinders on. You have no idea who's winning and losing. You know what happens in the CrossFit gym? Everyone knows if you're sucking it up in a five rounds for time workout and you finish, you know, dead fucking last. So I looked at anonymity and uniformity. Everyone's doing the same thing. It's a spin bike. Like whether you're fucking crushing it and your torque is all the way up or whether you're just kind of easing into it because it's your first day in fitness ever, you look the same. You're playing the part. It allows people to get out of that intimidation mode. So I saw that and I said, that model would do well. I'm not saying I need to convert my CrossFit model to a non-intimidation factor, but there are ways to hack non-intimidation factors. I did it last night. I, I've made some pieces on this. If you are not closing a high percentage, and I consider a high percentage over 50%, if you're not closing over 50%, my guess, and you're doing a good amount of consultations, like I'm getting, you know, you're doing five to 10 a month. I think you might have too much intimidation. That's just one, one hypothesis. Here's a way to cut down on your intimidation. What is the most intimidating thing that happens when a prospect walks into your CrossFit class? I mean, I'm talking from a a sensory downloading perspective. What do they see, hear, and what's the most scariest thing that happens when a new person walks in? All that. People training their asses off. They see the barbells drop. There we go. The The dropping of the barbell is the most intimidating thing. Now, I'm not saying take the barbell out of the gym. I will tell you, though, just as an experiment for any gyms listening to this for 60 days, tell your members we are doing a muscular endurance, eccentric loading, grip strengthening piece. Every barbell will be eccentrically loaded back to the skeleton and back to the floor. You will not drop a barbell for the entire 60 days. Now, supplement that so you're not full of shit with some good grip work, you know, suitcase carries, farmer's carries, um, you know, fucking single arm German ring hangs, shit like that. But do that and tell me if your conversions on consultations doesn't increase. Now, if it doesn't, then cool. Then we need to go down the line to my next hypothesis and, and just keep plugging away. But my guess is a reason a good number of people aren't is because they instantly walk in to their worst fucking nightmare. When someone comes into your CrossFit gym, shorter than just moving, they've known you've existed. They've seen your website. They've driven past. They, are not, they didn't just find you and walk in. They've been thinking about it. Maybe they went to Orange Theory first because they didn't think they were in shape for CrossFit and then they violently converted over. Or maybe they did a bunch of burpees and P90X and Insanity in their living room before they went, but they didn't think they were ready for you. I think most people would agree that most prospects have this feeling in their head like they have to get fit to do CrossFit. Right. Crazy, but it's true. 
But if you could just change the initial sensory and everything, first impressions or everything, you walk up on a chick in the bar and she's fucking snaggle tooth as fuck and her face looks like someone lit it on fire and put it out with an ax, you're instantly backing the fuck off. Like you're not swiping right on that. first impressions are huge. So when someone first, like my old location was a warehouse, you walked right into the warehouse, the music, the barbells, the shirtless dudes, like it was the, it it was the worst nightmare of a prospect. Right. I've, I've made considerable efforts to adjust it as an experimentation, not as a doctrine of, I think this is how it works. I'm a fucking scientist with my training, my programming. I will be a scientist with my business stuff as well. I will test things out and take the barbells and the dropping out. I promise you, you ever had said like a prospect walking through that barbell drops and they, they kind of like, they fucking freak out. They look off to the side because they've never heard it before. Oh yeah. Take yeah. that out. I, 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 my opinion, more gyms, if any of these gym owners, and please send me a fucking email, message these guys. They'll relay it to me. Tell me if you tried this and if it worked. And if it didn't work again, that's why it's an experiment. My opinion, I think you converted a higher ratio once you take that initial, the most intimidating thing we have, which is the, the audio and the visual, the dropping barbell. Yeah, I'm, we pretty had, much, yeah. I'm pretty much fucked because um, we got Olympic weightlifting class going on yeah. like a lot of times. Me too. So. Yeah, I've got my, so that's the thing is, and I don't tell, I do, I'm not going to tell my Olympic weightlifting class. That's the thing too is I'm not trying to bend the CrossFit thing to accommodate the softer market, even though I understand the softer non-CrossFit seeking market is the majority. I'm not trying to do that. Because we've all, dude, look how many CrossFit gyms have built businesses. Again, P&Ls aside, how profitable they are with drop barbells, with shirtless fucking dudes. We've all done it. I am saying if you're looking to differentiate, that is something you could look at. If you're- Well, you can do that. Yeah, you can do that just by simply, you know, having people come in for a consult that doesn't involve working out and you have that in a separate space that is quiet. Like Patterson, it's crazy. It's amazing how, and the thing I, why I've never met him, I've never never spoke, but I line with his shit because that's what I grew up on is selling PT. Like I came from the Globo gym and I, that's, that's to me, a fitness facility that doesn't sell personal training is just, which is crazy to me. Who's that? I'm sorry. I missed the name. (laughs) So I'm talking about Pat, Craig Patterson. Patterson. The Mad Labs guy. I mean, that's, that's their, that's their base platform, right? Like one-on-one is the genesis of the experience. Right. And I agree with that. Let's go through that. All right. I wanted to go through that. So, so I know like CrossFit is basically set up primarily as group fitness, obviously. Right. Now, some of the gyms actually, they may or may not do some kind of an on-ramp program. You can unlock that. Some of them may or may not do some kind of an on-ramp program. A lot of them just put them right in the group class and yep. figure, you know what, I'm going to teach them as they go along. So that's, that's one method, right? Yep. And then, you know, and, and I'm not trying to be an expert on this. This is what I understand. I could be wrong. Uh, if, if you guys know better, correct me. OPEX model, okay? Yep. I did speak to them briefly. And I, I love their model. They basically have a model where Individual they, put through, they put people through an amazing assessment part, yep. portion. So they're going to basically start from the beginning so they can check their movement patterns, look into their training age, their biological age, any kind of history of uh, injuries. And then once they get through whatever that assessment portion is, then they'll do some kind of a customized program design for those people to fit their needs. So then what happens is the people can come into the training facility, they're handed their program, you know, while they email it to them, 
and they use, I think, FitBot, I believe. Correct. Um, and then at that point, they can keep track. They can assess them as far as, okay, we have to make adjustments with this, that, and the other thing. They don't have a trainer that's actually coaching them, but they do have somebody that's in the gym all the time just in case they need some assistance, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's another model. That's like the OPEX model. Now right. then you've got the Mad Lab model. Mad Lab is more like a hybrid, right? Mike, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, where – you're going to try to get them to do as many one-on-ones that you think are necessary. Once they graduate from those one-on-ones, now they're going to be in a hybrid coach for life program, so to speak. So whereas they can do the group classes, but they have to revisit with their trainer on a monthly, a bi-weekly, a bi-monthly, however they, whatever they choose to do. And so they get to do the best of both worlds. Yeah. So right? now you've got, now we've just broken everything down into basically four things. Number one is one-on-one training only. That's Stuart. You're very familiar with that. Like you did that back in the day, right? Like where you're as a personal trainer, you just want to get as many clients as you can that only do one-on-one training. Mm-hmm. Right. Then, uh, then you've got now the individual program designed a la um, uh, Fitzgerald and, and those guys OPEX, at OPEX. Yeah. Right. And then you've got the, the uh, Mad Lab. A hybrid model, which is, you know, one-on-ones to start with, then group class, and then they come back to you and do, you know, one-on-ones as needed that are part of their membership. That's what hybrid means. And then you've got the um, uh, gym that just, hey, come try our free class. If you like it, sign up, come into class, and we're going to coach you in class to get good. And those are basically the four models we're talking about. Would you guys agree? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Other than, you know, like your boot camps or your powerlifting and Olympic lifting and, you know, six week challenges, sports specific, rowing. I'm telling you right now, dude, I'm going to freaking do a a damn spinning bike class. I'm telling you. And I did. Stephen, Tony, you need to go, like, take the time, do it at a good spot. Like, Flywheel's good. The chick who owns Flywheel, she used to be at SoulCycle. Go up north, fucking go see a real SoulCycle class. But can I go back to these models? You guys call models. I call them revenue streams. Let me tell you about the past 24 hours at Urban Movement. Past 24 hours, I've signed people up for group classes. They're just going to go in the group. I had a woman come in last night, um, even though I was convinced she was not going to buy it all. She ended up buying five PT sessions, and she does that. She'll be doing that in hybrid with her membership, right? I re-upped one of my individual design clients. Now he's going to be doing, we trained him for 90 days for a marathon or a triathlon. Now he's going to a hypertrophy program. He's going to be re-upping his individual design. I right. just do it all. I don't like. I don't understand yeah. why I've got to be in a certain bucket. They're called no. revenue streams. I, I here's what CrossFit gyms are. Um, you ever seen ever seen anyone do a cock push up? Right, just <laughs> a cock push up. I want to be like a tripod or like a fucking octopus. I want to have multiple revenue streams. I want to not be a monopod. I want to have a group subscription. I want to have one-on-one coaching. I've got individual design. I want to go ahead and have nutrition, which is, you know, the big one that most gyms are missing out on, but appropriately. So I don't, I think we should outsource that. None of us are, some of us are barely capable of coaching a fucking squat, let alone nutrition. Um, (laughs) And and, and then rent roll. Rent roll is my big one for career gyms that are going to do this long-term again. Here's a big question. And what's the exit strategy? When I ask it, when I ask on a consultation, what is the 15, 20 year exit strategy? Dude, crickets. Crickets. So I'm going to sell the business. Okay. Do you have, what, what is, if I, let's say, let's fast forward. How much money are you making? Cool. What, what am I buying? Right. Lease, the equipment, 
Yeah. Membership. Well, that's that's membership. a big that's a big thing right now. You know, we opened up talking about you know how long you know you're guaranteed one year, five years, yeah. you know, ten years. Where yeah, and now you're bringing up exit strategies. So we've come full circle. Oh, you know, and you've read stories. Everybody knows. Oh, I sold my CrossFit gym. I made good money. Um, no, they didn't. But did you really? No. Right. It's I a don't think they, Exactly. So a lot of people, when they mean sell, what they mean is that they gave away half of their equipment or the they gave away all their equipment for half what they paid for it just to, and to get themselves out of the game. Yeah. I, again, that's why I'm a big real estate guy in that factor. If you're going that route long-term, I think real estate's a big play. I made that decision over two years ago and we started planning for it. Cause it's not something you, it's not like going out and buying a fucking air, you know, a fucking uh, piece of equipment. You got to plan for that shit. Um, but in the, the big thing is this, you're going to hand it down to your kids. Cool. You're going to keep the business in the family. Cool. You do contracts and you have assets or so you think again, if you go ahead and look, I mean, there's a Facebook, a newer Facebook group that just opened up. I think it's like the buyer's exchange or some shit like that. Yeah, and, those, yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, you talk That's to Shane. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So these guys are doing it. They'll, they'll probably tell you, I don't know what the vet, where the valuations are coming in. Everyone's like, what do you sell a business for? Whatever the fuck the buyer wants. That's how any deal works. It's only worth as much as what the buyer is willing to spend. And guess what? Right now, nobody, I don't care what any of these fuckers say. No one is selling profitable turnkey CrossFit gyms. It just doesn't make, Hey guys, I'm selling my gym in California because me and my husband want to relocate to Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, my gym's completely profitable. Makes nine grand a month. The manager is set to go, blah, blah. It's turnkey and we're going to sell it. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. You're going to, you? it's not, yeah, well, you wouldn't sell it. That's the right. whole fucking thing. It, it's I just, just seen somebody post that they uh, they actually got a pretty profitable gym out in California. They're relocating. They don't want to sell it. They're actually looking for like a, you know, somebody to manage it. That yeah, that, an operator. Yes, that is that's the that's where I see it. You you have an operator. The only problem again, the only reason you if you had anyone who read E Myth, right? The only reason you start a business is to sell a business. Right. That's it. Like. Businesses are things that you sell and move around and all this stuff. Like I rape myself. I rape myself on rent. Like I've got a real estate company that owns, that I have a lease with. I rape myself on rent to make, to fat up my real estate company. Cause I want to go buy another building one day and I need to show a good return. I got to show all that. So business, again, it's just this thing. But if you are a standalone gym and purchasing real estate, like you're, you're just trying to get your ACV up, right? Like I'm not trying to talk about these top 20% gyms on that bell curve, but for the gyms that are listening to this, that are just trying to get the basics done again, math, client experience. And within that client experience, differentiation, you know, I do. Um, here's the thing. We all opened up with growers, and then came the then came the Schwinn Airdyne, and then came the assault bike, and now comes the skierg. I bet you in five years, thirty uh, percent of the gyms have Versa climbers, or Jacobs ladders, yeah. or air mills. I think it's going to keep like the the cardio equipment is going to keep coming. I truly believe it. I always believe we come back full circle, like you mentioned, the Globo gym. Just like everyone ran towards Group X, and now I get the phone call twice a week. Hey, I want to book a call. I don't know how to sell PT. And I'm right. like scratching my head. I'm like, that's all we did previous to CrossFit. It's just yeah. PT. That was, that was it. Personal training. Yeah, there's, there's nothing new. There's yeah. nothing new. It, yeah. I don't believe in original ideas, better versions of the of plan A. I don't think, I think a lot of these coaches, it's not that they don't know how to sell PT. I just think they're lazy. I just think it's, they just want to throw everybody in a group and just train them in a group. And it's just a lot easier. And we talked about this before, you know, uh, they, they, so a lot of these coaches came from physical, you know, from personal training and now they just don't, they don't want to do it anymore. They'd rather just throw everybody in one group and jump on a box and three, two, one, go. Well, yeah. 
it's yeah, time. I, it's hard. Which right? I'm, and that's cool. Don't do the PT. P yeah. personal training is not a significant revenue. Like when I talk about revenue streams, people are like, oh man, I'm gonna do PT. I'm making so much money. I'm like, no, you're not. Hold up. Personal training is not a super significant revenue. I like to see it around 20%. 20% of your TMR, your total monthly revenue coming from PT, maybe 25. Yeah. Um, if you're like the Mad Labs guys probably report higher, way higher. Um, when you get that hybrid membership going, here's what it is. It is a pay raise that costs me $0. I actually make a little bit. I maybe make 25, 30% and the rest I give to a coach and I, I take some for the overhead. Right. right. Like, and then, and then the client that wants that gets a better experience. You get a better experience. Yeah. Pay, personal training is payroll opportunities that make me a little money cover my a little bit of overhead and they pay the coach well it keeps them there long term creates some work and again the people that pay for the extra money higher retention rates bar none right. Right. you know no doubt so it's not like you know like i don't want to do pt well then don't do it have a coach do it i guarantee you they're 15 dollars a class you're paying them they're not too fucking stoked about so right. now paying fucking 45 percent of whatever that 80 dollar per session is yeah i i gotta be careful what i say because i think my coaches listen to this but <laughs> you know i i'm not gonna lie like i i sometimes have a pro i have a, a problem finding the coaches that really want to do the personal training and listen i'm not cheap man i'll pay them they, some of them make 42.50 a class yeah uh, an hour for you know having somebody squat and freaking deadlift or do whatever teach them how to do clean or a snatch you know and i'm pretty particular like i, I want to make sure they know what they're teaching i want to make sure that they're an expert at whatever like for example i could teach gymnastics but i'm not the gymnastics guy in the gym that i would, I would say, never i would have never guessed that <laughs> come on man I, I strung three muscle ups together one time dude I, I saw you do a cartwheel once yeah i cracked the concrete <laughs> so, uh, but you know like when it comes to the olympic lifting or yeah. powerlifting, you know you know what i mean that, that's your wheelhouse yeah stay in your lane, you know? Yeah. And, and here's the deal. So when, uh, and I get, this is a big thing. I think a lot of people listening to this will benefit from this. I've got coaches, but I try to give them PT clients and they don't want it. Number one, it's a financial thing. You're probably not charging. Like a lot of gyms that tell me that I'll ask how much are you charging for PT? And be like 50 bucks an hour. I'm like, all right, you're $20 below a D minus in my opinion, kind of rate. Okay. Yeah. Um, now what percentage are you giving to the coach? And even then the gym owner's like, dude, I give them 100% or I give them whatever. I'm like, are they really, and they're not incentivized by the money, then that's fine. You have to find out, there's two questions. What do you want to do and how much do you want to make? Those are two questions every gym owner needs to ask everyone who fucking works for them. What is it you want to do and how much you want to make? Stevie, you guys, Mike, when you guys first started off in this, if the gym owner came to you and said, hey, I'll pay you 800 bucks a month to mop the floors and you like, I fucking hate mopping floors. There's not any amount of money you could pay me to mop the floors on a Sunday when I want to go get beers with my buddies and watch football. There's no amount of money you could pay me. People are got to be, in, it's got to be stuff they actually want to do. Now, I get into this like millennial fulfillment versus like just shut the fuck up and do it kind of scenario. Like I'm all in that argument, trust me. But here's the thing. If a, if a coach doesn't want to do PT, that's fine. Last time I checked, there's 15 level fucking ones going on this weekend with a lot of green fucking certified trainers that love to make some money doing what it is that they've just spent a grand to do. Someone is out there that does want to do it. And if you create it as the inception, like when personal training becomes a thing, a lot of gym owners are trying to do this retroactively. I, I want to get PT in my gym, Stu. How long have you been around? Four years. How the fuck have you survived for years? Whatever. Okay. Here's how we get PT in. Fast forward six months, they're selling PT. None of my trainers want to take any of the sessions. Like, have you showed them the extra money they make? Yeah. Okay, cool. Here's what you do. 
You're going to hire a brand new fucking trainer and bring him in here and tell him, this is how you do it. You don't coach classes until you do a hundred hours of one-on-one. Right. And that guy grew up on one-on-one. Now he goes into your group model. And I'll tell you this right now, when you take someone from one-on-one to group, it's more exciting. It's more exhausting. And hour long sessions, we all know are fucking glorified physical th- or, uh, psychology sessions, yeah. psychiatrist sessions. That's why in the model that we have, 30 minute sessions are king. Your CrossFit members don't need an hour session to get better at a rope climb. They don't need it. They need 30 minutes in and out. You're not stretching them. You're not giving them a wad, a three, two, one, go. It's just skill work. And then get the fuck on and go crush it in class now. Next, you want better at snatching? 30 minutes of skill work. Okay, go fucking crush it in class. That's how when you look at PT, it becomes quicker. But I'll be honest with you. I keep a couple PT clients, um, very select individuals that are uh, big influencers in my city and people that I've developed really good relations. I generally enjoy that hour with them. Um, And I've enjoyed, you know, they're high volume people, five, six, seven days a week. But most coaches, 30 minutes in and out is where that is where the threshold kind of lives. 30 minute session at 40, 45, maybe 50 bucks makes more money than an hour session generally for the coach. Yeah. This is, that would be a good way too. You know, if you think about how you bring people into your gym, if, if gym owners and coaches are worried about how to do one-on-one and how to bring that in, that would be a really good way to say, look, I'm going to coach you 30 minutes before a class, right? I'm going to teach you everything you need for this class maybe, and then go into the class and crush it. And then we're going to meet again before your next class. Do two or three of those, uh, you know, or five or 10 of those before that person gets, you know, let loose. You've increased revenue. You're going to get better retention, better client, you know, better movement, that your client's going to be happier. The class is going to run better. And it's free marketing. You know what this thing is? This thing is going to videotape that fucking session with a coach. You're going to make a 90 second video. Cell phone. The only Stuart's reason- showing a cell phone up in the air right now. Yeah. We're telling all you guys out there that you need to be recording everything that you do. Oh, I'm recording this right now. I literally have a camera in my fucking office. If you guys haven't noticed, like I literally, the only reason you guys fucking invited me on here is because you've seen a video of my fucking, right. my fuck face face telling people you- shit. Like I make content all day long. It's, You're I doing entire, a great job of it, man. I have an entire team dedicated to it. An entire team. I've got four freelance video. I have an entire team dedicated to it because I realize it is the differentiating factor in being successful or not in a very crowded Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat world, right? And trying to tell your story. Now, Here's where I think, and I want to kind of go, like, we're talking high volume marketing. Yeah. Gym owners, that's that's, we want marketing, to talk about is, marketing is just one of these things gym owners are now dabbling in. Yeah. How, like Facebook ads, what's a pixel? Yeah. What's a. Well, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. I just want to coach people. I just want to run a gym and work out with my friends. Then do it. If that's generally what's going to make you happy and you're best at, do it and outsource it. Yeah. I'm, really, I'm not trying to, like Steve said a second ago, stay in your lane. Steve's yeah. going to hire out for the gymnastics coach and the yoga instructor. He's going to, he could do the fucking, he's the best power lifting and probably Olympic weightlifting coach. Wait, in the you're in yoga. I didn't try. I'm good at yoga. Man. Okay. My bad. My bad. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, on the marketing front and, you know, we talked about this on the call the other day, guys. I mean, I, and I'd love to talk with Steve about this high volume generate. And you see there's companies, there's Tommy Hackenbrook was one of the, the first guys in it. They came up with the six week challenge and he has a group of guys that'll help create an ad for you. Um, I work, you know, with the, the gym builder guys, cause I, you know, Sonny and Donnie over there and they're same thing, high volume landing page and and ad creation around a six week challenge, which we all know is a very, I mean, the real estate on that is getting very, very tight. There's only so many six week challenges you can run. Um, but getting comfortable with knowing that, holy shit, like when, when you get, 
when you did your high volume uh, lead gen and all that stuff, Steve, was it surprising to you how many people would come in and, and pay hundreds of dollars for this, like in a market that you would consider? Because I know your area. I've literally searched. You have a very saturated market. Uh, it's big time. It's, it, I, I think it's actually probably ground zero, man, down here in South yeah. Florida. Yeah. You know, I know, I know there's certain areas around the country that are just, uh, you know, just saturated with, uh, you know, CrossFit gyms. I think this is one of the highest saturated, uh, besides, I think Atlanta is really saturated, uh, certain areas of California and Texas. And I think up in, uh, where is it? New York or yeah. Boston? I mean, yeah, New York. I mean, these high density metropolitan areas where, I mean, yeah, there's a ton. Houston, Houston is pretty packed up too. So, yeah. so I started out like, probably a little over a year ago, we uh, ended up doing our first six week challenge. And, um, you know, I wasn't even prepared for it, man. I, I didn't even understand what the fuck was going on. All of a sudden I'm getting all these goddamn texts and all these fucking emails. And, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Cause it honestly wasn't even really explained to me very well. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, am I supposed to call these people back? Are these people all coming in? And what was happening? You got a ton of leads, right? Ton. Dude, it was like freaking 600 leads, man. And, you know, like, without well, for, even really doing it right, like, you're supposed to really call these people back and text them and, like, make sure they're coming. And, like, I signed up 80 people my first run. 80 well, for, let's, let's back up one second. For, for the people listening that don't know what we're talking about, these challenges, I'm sure they do, but when we're talking about high um, – what do we call it? I, high I, end I'd, call it I'd call it a high-volume marketing campaign where you right. are going to shoot so, for high volume leads knowing you might convert 20%. Right, exactly. So you're so what Steve's talking about is he's getting a shitload of responses to this marketing. Now what the hell do you do with them? Yeah. So what happened is and I'm not going to name names cuz I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and I don't want to make it sound like Why any, not? Fuck them. No, I'm not going to do that. But anyway, um, the first the first company I worked with um, it 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 went very well, but I I asked them, "Please, you know, don't don't saturate this. Don't do, you know, I was going to say, don't, don't do like what, what's happening with the CrossFit gyms are all opening up on top of each other and you got a good thing going on. Let's look at longevity because I'll bust my ass and I'll make sure we run it right. Well, that speech didn't work because all of a sudden, you know, there's like two, three, four, five other locations right around me that are uh, actually uh, running the same, uh, the same program. And before you know it, because same challenge, same landing page, same video. Yeah. 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 Just, it's, just a different picture. It yeah. The, yeah. It got to the point where what started happening is um, they, people that signed up with me were contacting me back and saying, Hey, there's another one that's a little closer to where my work is. Can I cancel you oh, fuck. Do it with them? It's the same company. It's the same thing. And it started pissing me off a little bit, you know, and it's sure enough. It just, well, I know, I know like gym builder, gym builder will, they, they, you know, and I don't know if the other ones do or not. Cause I've talked to Sonny and those guys, they'll give you a, like a basically exclusive market. They're not going to let somebody else that's What's X amount of, like, well, they're not going to let somebody else run a, a, a challenge near you at the same time. How again, far though? Yeah. And that's the thing too, right? Like, so, and again, and I'm a gym, I'm, I, I work with those guys. I've created content for their sales stuff that they do. And I, you know, um, I have clients that work with them. There's a certain point on anything. Here's the, here's, you want to know the, the real truth in marketing. And I've said this to Sonny and Donnie and anyone else that's in marketing. Marketing always ruins good marketing. And so let's rewind back. Jim Builder 
Jim, whatever the fuck these other companies are that are doing these six-week challenges, they are Groupon of 2017. They are low-risk marketing for the gym. So for anyone who doesn't know, you can contact a six-week challenge company and they will create the landing page, the Facebook ads. They're going to put in, the only reason I jumped on board with Gym Builders is because I was blown away by the business model of how much money they put in on the back end to create an ad for you. And the only way they get their money back is when you sell it. Right. There's no risk to the gym owner. Correct. Zero risk. Same thing with Groupon. It was a low-risk thing. You just gave your information, you ran an ad, you you took a 50% hit, but it's the same thing you're doing with these six week challenge. So it's, but well, you still have to do the work on your end. You gotta sell, not- correct. You got to sell it. And again, it's just like anything else. Groupon worked out really well for some gyms for a while. And then good marketing always ruins marketing because it becomes not good after a while. Like just no one gives a fuck about Groupon anymore. Right? Like I literally, I still, and people get blown away by this, blown the fuck away. CrossFit South End, not Urban Movement, but CrossFit South End has had a Groupon that exists for four years now, four years it's been running. And I, I literally, and here's why, here's the only reason why. Out of all the people that come in, we convert around 30 to 40%. Out of those people, we keep around 30 to 40% at no cost to me. Why not? Yeah. Like it, I, I just, I, here's the thing, I, why not? Now again, you have to really, uh, and I've made some content on this, you need to really fucking grab the Groupon guys say, this is the cost of the service and duck it at 50%, but jack the price up, blah, blah, blah. But again, I, Groupon, six-week challenges, fucking Facebook ads, Instagram, Snapchat filters are all just marketing strategies that I will constantly employ. Like I literally, like they're just one fishing rod in the, I don't fish, right? But if I did, I would have fucking like six goddamn fishing rods and I'd sit back with a fucking cup of tequila and hang the fuck out and hope I catch something. It's yeah. easier, you know, so I look at it as just marketing strategies and it's one of these deals that, you know, for Steve, the one thing I really like with these high volume ticket things, they're teaching gym owners that you got to have an emphasis and sales arm. You do. And I know Steve, you powered through this and did it all yourself. It probably in retrospect, if you're to do it again, you might find a guy, give him a 500, $600 a month base and give him a good commission and be like, based yeah. off of previous numbers, when I did it. And you look a lot, you're better at this, you know, maybe better talking, whatever, steal him from a Globo gym. You can make fucking four grand this month. Well, Steve's a workhorse, man. And, uh, you know, we've we've talked about this amongst ourselves. It's like, you know, I'm at that point too. Like, I'm like, well, you know, what, you know, what exact, I mean, I, I, like my, the brakes, I need new brakes on my truck. I can fix brakes. I know how to do it. You know, I, I have the tools. Do you I want can buy it? the parts exactly. Yeah. So, but I can drop that shit off and get a fifty dollars off per axle over there at the Tire Kingdom down the street. Drop it off, go out to lunch, come back two or three hours later. My truck's done. I'm ready to go. It, sure, it cost me more. It was worth. But, that was worth your time, though. Right. So, so that I mean, you know, and you you started out early talking about the stories that, like, hey, outsource the shit you suck at, right? Yeah. Well, but let me uh, done. The marketing has to be done. Yeah, let me let me just finish my story. Uh, it's in chronological order here. So, started out doing a six week challenge. Was basically with that company, we were charging two fifty for the six week challenge. They were keeping one hundred fifty. I was keeping a hundred. The advantage of that is I didn't have to worry about running Facebook ads. I didn't have to worry about paying for Facebook ads. But think about it, man. You sign up 80, 60, 80 people, look at all the money you're giving away. I mean, you're giving a lot of money away. And you know what? I didn't have a problem with that because the way I looked at it is I wasn't really looking at making money off the people coming in for the six-week challenge. I just wanted to break even. I just wanted to be able to pay my coaches well. I just wanted to get all those potential new clients into my gym and then, and then get them to sign up. And 
honestly, we now you talked about it being the Groupon of 2017. Yes, but here's the difference. Groupon, these people are paying like thirty dollars a right. month. Now they're paying two fifty or three. Now they're paying two fifty for six weeks. So oh, yeah. it's so much easier to sign them up because now you're not devaluing. The price the point is the same. Yeah, correct. So it was so much easier to sign people up for the program and get them hooked. And there were some different things that I had to tweak a little bit. Like, for example, originally I would kind of segregate them to a different class. And then what I realized is even after the six weeks, even though they were still doing the reg, almost the regular class, they were still scared shitless thinking, oh, those other people are just, there's no way I can do that other stuff. Yeah, you have to have a way to get them into your group. Week five and six, I actually started putting them into the regular class with a coach kind of doing like a tandem style, like on their ass, making sure he's watching all these new people because we did make sure that we hit through all the progressions and all the different, you know, like an on-ramp for the yeah. first four weeks and plus give them a little workout. So then fast forward a little bit, it started dwindling down more and more and more. I went from- What, what was dwindling? Uh, the signups for the six-week okay. challenge. I would go to 80, then I went down to the 60s, then I'm 40s, then I'm all of a sudden like, holy shit, I'm struggling to get like 25 people to sign up for the six week class. Why do you suppose that is? Because it got watered down every freaking, you know, these people are saying, man, this, this has been run. I've seen this thing all, all yeah. the time. You know, I see this. A other lot of diminished returns. It, yeah. Nobody escapes that. No. And it's not escapes. just, listen, they, there's uh, camp transformation. There's these uh, personal trainers that are running it. There's, it's, there's a lot of other people running it besides CrossFitters. Yep. You know what I mean? So then I ended up finding this another, another company. And the difference with them is, you pay money up front, they teach you how to do the ad campaigns yourself, right? So now I know how to do all those ad campaigns myself. Whenever I want to turn it on, I just click a button and I start running a, uh, an ad campaign. If I want to run a six-week challenge, if I want to run a five-week challenge, you know what? I'm going to do two-minute abs, all right? Whatever it takes. I can change it up. I can change the videos. I can do whatever I want. And it seemed to work a lot better, but the best part about it is the only money out of pocket was me spending on my Facebook campaign. So I didn't have That's to pay them $150. Yeah. I kept all that money. So I started oh, to get but there's a cost, you, but you had, to, but you had yeah. to pay them up front, right? And this Dude, I made my money back in, in, in a one and a half campaigns. I made my money back and then some. What do you think about that, Stuart? So here's what I think. I think, um, and you're, here's, and I want to rowl everybody back in. So all you fuckers who are now like going to DM Steve and you're asking questions, I want to, I want to, you know, because again, this is what's going to happen, which is good. There's a couple of you guys that could definitely use what he did. Those of you guys that are wearing all the hats, wearing all the hats, you're young. You got less than 100 members. Um, you got less than, you don't have any full-time staff. Steve was able to do this because I'll tell you this right, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a minute and wait for him to tell you how many hours he probably spent on consultations and sales and all that. This is not a job for a one-man shop. You will put yourself out of business like all those fucks that did Groupon and when they were a one-man shop and 200 people showed up. What I would highly recommend, if you have a full shop, you have someone that you can to coach the classes, to do consultations, to answer the phone calls, to send emails. Steve talked about his phone blowing up. When I run these kind of things, I send like video message. I'm huge on, you guys know I'm huge on video. I love seeing my fucking face and hearing my own voice. So I send them a video message like, hey, excited to get you started, blah, blah, blah. It's a little more personal, but you need dedicated. If you're not a, if you're like Steve, you have a full staff, cool. DM him, find out more, go that route. If not, I, I think you're asking, I think you're looking for the wrong solution. I truly do. If you're a short, short man staff, 
You need to go ahead and just do the really good job. Like I talked about, everyone can be around for one year. You're probably around for three. Just do the fucking work. I don't want to hear that you've been around for 37 seconds, AKA 18 fucking months. And you want to punch the fucking button and drown in fucking leads and all this other stuff. You haven't earned it in my fucking opinion. It will put you the fuck out of business. Do the hard work, play the game. And again, if you are, if you're fully staffed up, you've been around Steve. How long you been around for? Uh, 10 years. Yeah. You've been around for 10 years and, but it's still, how many hours did you, the fucking CEO of Bauer, how, how many hours did you spend on sales and consultations and all that shit? I, are you talking about when I was running that six week? Uh, yeah. Like on any, on, 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 on this, on the more recent one. Um, it, it I'm not going to lie, man. It was, it, it really consumes the shit out of you. Like you're, you're literally getting, you got to put your phone away because your phone automatically gets texts when people do put in a lead, uh, sign up and my phone's going off at like two, three, four in the morning and it's just nonstop. I mean, you're putting in 16, 18 hour days easily, easily. And you know, it's not just about meeting the leads and, and trying to sign them up. You got to stay on top of these people because if you don't, just like you said, if you don't send a text video or you don't send a message, a reminder, like, hey, I'm looking forward to meeting you, blah, blah, blah. They don't show up. They're not going to show up. They want to yeah. see this shit on Facebook and they're like, oh, man, that looks fucking cool. They might even be out fucking drinking, eating wings and be like, oh, yeah, man, look at this guy's got fucking abs. I want abs. I'm going to click on this. I'm going to sign yeah. up. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go tomorrow at uh, 4 p.m. Listen, they don't even remember it. Yeah. Again, so we talked about it. See, we talked about hundreds and hundreds of leads for everyone listening to this. Again, probably around 20 or percent or less are actually getting closed on. Like I want you guys to realize this is not a solution to fix your shitty business. This is a strategy like any other marketing strategy and some gyms it's going to be a good fit for and some gyms it's not. I'm a big fan of, I like to know how to drive the car first and how stick shift works. I don't want to ever, I don't, I want to, I want to be in the back seat of my fucking phone and have the driver drive me, but I like to know how the machine works. So I like, like, I spend time on like Facebook offers blueprints courses. Facebook blueprints is a free online course free. It takes, makes you take quizzes. You actually get like a certificate at the end. You are a certified Facebook blueprints marketer, whatever the fuck it is. And you can take like, there, there is so much gym owners could do if they want to learn Facebook advertising, how to create a pixel and link that back. And how do you do lookalike audiences? If they put in the fucking time, get on YouTube, that's free education for everyone and everything fucking everywhere. It just put in the work. If you are fully staffed up though, and just like Mike was saying, he doesn't want to change his fucking tires. He doesn't want to change the axle. Steve, you know, you, you have a staff and you're able to have other people coach so you can handle the sales. Then go ahead, hit that button, do it. But otherwise, I'm telling you guys, let, what are you in a hurry for? What are you going to do when this say, okay, you're going to fucking fill up your gym and 300 fucking members. And what do you do tomorrow, fuck face? Nothing like what it is a journey. Like enjoy it. Are you really trying to play the long game? Or are you just trying to figure out like everyone, the what do you bench of business ownership in the micro gym? How many members you got? How many members you got, bro? Like, dude, you told me I'll get you 300 members. I tell you to go fist yourself. I don't want them. Like I don't, I don't want 300 members. Um, yeah. it, it's just one of these things, man, where I think everyone's looking for a quick fix on stuff and that's fine. It's cool. I bet you some of the people that call me and pay for me for my services are looking for a quick fix. And I'm very upfront. I don't fucking got it. I, I, got, I don't have any quick fixes. Yeah, yeah that, that can actually hurt you in the long run because if you overwhelm yourself and you bring in a lot of people and they have a shitty experience, it's just like owning a restaurant, man. I owned a restaurant and believe me, we ran fucking uh, quarter wing night 
There's so many people that showed up. We couldn't get the food out. Everybody walked out. People were walking out without paying or tab. We fucking lost our ass. We pissed off so many people that they didn't come back. So sometimes you got, you know, you got you a one shot. That. What's that show? Bar Rescue? Yeah, no yeah, way. That, guy, that guy's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Too late. That was like uh, fucking 18 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I mean, what, what do we just, I mean, we basically just talked about outsourcing right i mean this stuff a lot of this if you want to go to the next level you know your client experience and stuff has to get better your marketing has to get better your you know how you bring clients in you know what your offerings are like you said you don't want to be doing a dick push-up right yeah um, hey, can i say something on outsourcing yeah what that's the, the key here what the, what the fuck gym talk has never ever ever paid for an ad on facebook because i can't because of the word wtf and because i swear I will. Oh, that's ever, weird. I've literally built, and again, like we're talking nominal numbers, like maybe like 5,000 followers on Facebook or some bullshit trivial number, but I've literally created an entire side hustle. I make more money doing this than most of the gyms I work with make in a month. And I did it by just doing organic marketing. Like people think organic marketing is dead. And I want to tell them right now, it is 100% not. We are so hyper local in our market. Now, when, when you run these ads like Steve does, you canvas wide areas. You can't, which is why the gym builder guys or all these other guys can't really guarantee market protection and geographical protection because the canvas to get those kind of returns, 600 leads, you can't do it within three zip codes. It just it's never going to happen. Mm. But for the CrossFit gyms, if you really do organic marketing well, video, picture, and audio, and I'm huge on this thing, it, you know, on audio, I started my podcast maybe about three months ago or so. You guys are obviously deep into it. It's there. Like you can generate, and for a gym, honestly, this is the number. No one can see this. Five. Five fucking new memberships a month. Again, it depends on your churn rate. If you're churning three, I need you to get to eight. But if you can do five new memberships a month, that is such a great steady growth if you're selling five to 10 PT sessions and your point of sale is over $500. If you can get $500 of sale in cash and EFT increase, or cash of 500 bucks or more, and an EFT increase of around 200 you're in good shape. You don't need to grow 15, 20, 30 fucking members. You know, the quality of your math isn't always, is sometimes a lot more important than the quantity of your math. And that makes well, sense. That, and that's, that's the thing that goes right back to how we, when you, you know, corrected us about calling it models. And yeah, you know, if, if you just, if you just require, you know, several for the people that need it, several PT sessions where you charge market rate for that and you bring them in that you, you've just built that yeah. right in your whole thing. You know, yeah. it's find out that here's the thing, you know, like I've, you know, the reason I got kicked out of that Facebook group, cause they realized what I was doing. I was using the Facebook group to find out the questions that people were asking and I created content on it. I, that's what I do. I'd wake up at five in the morning. I would look and write down topics that people were asking questions on. I would make videos and then I would distribute. And yeah, I, I noticed that it makes sense though, because the, the, you know, when you follow not? those groups, yeah, all you're doing is listen to a bunch of idiots, like give you their opinion. And again, you know? and, and here's the deal, it, you know, idiots are not whatever, it just general questions. And here's the deal. I've been around like you guys been around for a while. I feel like I have some value. I'm going to give it to them. And again, as long as you're not spammy and stuff like that, I think it'll generally fly. Um, but here's the deal. Your market's the same way. Here's a quick Facebook hack, organic Facebook hack for everyone. Go open up Facebook and go to the search bar. At the top of the search bar, type in you know, your area. So I'd put in Charlotte Moms, and then hit search. And then you have options, people, tags, post, groups. Click groups. You're gonna pull up 10, eight, three, 30, whatever, different groups dedicated to Charlotte Moms. Right. 
I have a pre and postnatal class that we offer. My GM, Isaac, that's her baby. She runs, it's called Fit Mom Charlotte. Isaac goes in there, she joins all these groups and she makes a blog post and just shares it. Hey guys, I wrote a post on uh, post you know, postpartum depression. Boom, here it is. I wrote an article on getting fit in the third trimester. Boom, here it is. Doesn't ask for a fucking thing. Gives, gives, gives. Do you know how many videos I made before I ever actually got a client doing this? So you can go ahead, you can put endurance runners in you know, fucking Jacksonville. You know, Fort Lauderdale, you can go ahead and put in Spartan race people in fucking Idaho. And then you go in the groups and you write an article or you make a video on how doing your pegboards or neutral grip ring pull-ups will play themselves well to this brand new obstacle that they just put out in the Spartan race. And oh, by the way, that's coming up this month. And I just <laughs> wait for them to DM you. I'm offering a Spartan race clinic at my gym, blah, blah, blah. There are ways to do this organically if you motherfuckers would put in the fucking work. Yeah. Well, there it is. There, that's that. That's the rub, right? Yeah, I mean that's the punchline. It's that it's organically. You don't have to pay any money for the again, a hundred and fifty to two hundred members. And most of your gym, most of the gyms that I work with are not. Are, that's probably too many, even, um, especially with the layout of these facilities and people like don't think about making the gym sixty percent group, forty percent private. Um, and so we make this option that really just benefits group only. And then like, well, I don't have nowhere to do PT. And I'm like, I, right. I know, I get it. I've seen your gym. It just, yeah. um, it's one of these things, man. It's, the opportunities are there at marketing. You don't even got to pay for them. You just got to be decent at storytelling. Now, if you're not decent at storytelling, there's plenty of options to outsource that. Outsource that. Yeah. yeah. No, no doubt. That, so we're coming up on uh, about an hour and then uh, 15 minutes or something like that. This is like really interesting yeah. content. You know, gold, man. I, it's I, solid I, gold. You know, it's, it's what pisses me off, Stuart, is fucking jerk offs like you weren't around 10 years ago when I first started out. <laughs> you know, yeah, they were. They just didn't have video. No, I, yeah. So here's the deal. Nikki Violetti, I mean, Rob Wolf's wife, and John Gilson were two of yeah. the other guys that I really, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember his affiliate calculator. He stood in front of a whiteboard and he yeah. drew out an Excel sheet. And I literally, so and I use John Gilson's ghosting protocol to this day. I literally, and I, I, I messaged him. He was at my level one certification. I'll never, this is great fucking piece from John Gilson. I asked John Gilson at my level one, hey man, this is when uh, Dutch Lowry was doing butterfly chest bars at the fucking, <laughs> the first time butterfly pull-ups came out. And yeah. I go to him and I'm fucking in college and I go to John. I said, John, how do you do butterfly pull-ups? Would you mind showing those to me? He goes, well, first things first, learn to prance around like a fairy for two years and then come back to me and I'll show you how to do butterfly pull-ups. Yeah. And I fucking <laughs> thought about it, I'm like, so John's telling me not to do butterfly pull-ups. Fair enough. And I, and it, <laughs> kind of anyway. like how, how Ripitoe tells you if you want to wear gloves while you're lifting, it better match your Picture. purse. Exactly, right? So, but, you know, I messaged John. I said, hey, man, I found this video of your ghosting protocol. I'm going to share it because I recommend my clients to do that. Are you cool with that? He obviously, he sold again faster and he's doing his thing now. And he's doing dumbbell mission, which is a really cool kind of idea, bringing the dumbbell back in the train. Again, for those of you gyms that have fucking 1,300 square feet, you're like, man, I'm out of space. No, you're not, fuckface. You need to stop using the barbell so much. They're seven feet long. Get dumbbells in your hands and operate. Your operational capacity is a metric that you need to live by. Live yeah. by it. But anyway, so there were people over there in the beginning. Again, I think we all just had to, if you build it, they will come. And now everyone's sitting there and ain't nobody coming. Ain't nobody coming. That's, yeah. uh, so you got to go, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty convinced, you know, like you have to actually just beg people or not beg them, but you have to do the right things to attract the right people again for the right reasons. And it, it you know, it requires effort. It requires work. If you can't or won't do it, you need to outsource it or find somebody that can help you with it. Would you yeah. agree? I would. 
I mean, if you want to, if you want to make a gym, like you said, do you, what's your exit strategy? What are you really trying to do here? Are you, are you trying to build a business yeah. that, you know, so there it is, man. That awesome, awesome info. How do we get a hold of, well, we already know how to get a hold yeah. of you. It's at what the fuck gym talk, WTF gym talk. So the website is, is coming. Um, a lot of what I do or, you know, what I call these talk, talk to talk is kind of what I do with Skype calls, right? We sit down and do it and have a lot of walk to walk. And as our onsite, do a ton of onsite and people come on site, like travel to Charlotte and we, we, we hang out and see my machine and I take them around to other models and CrossFit gyms and orange theories. And we talk about what's going on in the market. Um, but you can go to what the WTF gym put in your email there. And then once my site, goes live and we get all that up and going i'll contact you i did this entire thing for 20 26 months now 28 no yeah. website just a facebook page right like and I, it's an entirely a solo business that i that's all i do now um and, and anyway you know or hit me up on facebook you guys know i'm a fucking social media whore you can hit me up on facebook and i'll be with you in a second so yeah definitely awesome um well that you know i definitely noticed that um I've watched you progress through this. You, you've definitely gotten better and better and better at it. And you've got more, much more well-deserved reach, right? Because, you know, okay. So we t started out, maybe some people don't like, you know, the, the curse words or whatever, but the majority do the information is solid gold and you have a great way of presenting it. And uh, I think, you know, if, if people aren't following you or at least asking you what's going on, or at least watching some of your videos, if you're in this space, um, you know, whether you agree or don't agree, you need to pay attention to what's going yeah. on out there. I, I, I mean, I've just literally stuffed just something that Steve and you guys were saying, like we can all collect. So and the guys that did this, uh, this summit over in Seattle, I spoke there and what the tagline for their thing was competition makes us faster. The collaboration is going to make us better. And that's all I'm all about collaboration because there's nothing, not a single conversation, even with my clients where I don't learn something new. Right. Even this thing here where I'm not going to take away a nugget. Right. But if no, you sit in your four walls sense. and you just think you know it all, then cool, man. Mazel tov. Come back to me in five years and tell me, you know, <laughs> you bought urban movement and you're the shit thing. Mazel tov. I'll, you know, high five you. But again, I think collabing with other gym owners and stuff like that and, and just guys like you is where we're all going to see, you know, we're all going to raise the tides as far as that goes. That's a whole other subject about collaboration. Maybe we could get you on soon and we could talk yeah, about how absolutely. you, how you work that, how you work that. Absolutely, guys. There's none of that down by me, man. I mean, I don't I, really Dude, uh, it's sad. There are a lot of cut, cutthroat markets where there's no love. Lo I mean, like, it's it's rough. I know. Haters going to hate. That's that's right. <laughs> awesome. All right. Really appreciate you guys. Uh, Thank you guys for having me. This was a blast. I appreciate it. Yeah. We'll definitely get this up and uh, let people listen to it. We're going to definitely stay in touch and maybe cool. do another podcast pretty soon. Awesome. Very cool, guys. Absolutely. Steve, Steve's got to answer the phone. Damn ringer off, man! Right on time. Yeah. If I ever get down to Florida, I'll uh, I'll hit you up, Steve. Just have your SPF three hundred ready for me. <laughs> <laughs> Will do, guys. Hey, this was. Dude, I got to be honest with you, man. This was gold. I, I really appreciate you taking oh. the time. No, absolutely no. Thank you guys for having me, and um, yeah, let's jam again soon. Cool, for sure. All, All right, right, man. This is us signing off. Take care. All right. Bye, bye.